And welcome to the Let's Talk podcast. This is your host, Susie Lewis, speaking from Toulouse. And this episode of Let's Talk, we will be discussing employee experience and what matters moving forward. Today, I am joined by Ben Witter, known as Mr. Employee Experience. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks, Susie. Great to be here. Thanks. Ben, you've been pioneering this topic for a number of years now and are the author of the best-selling Employee Experience, A Practical Guide to Developing, the employee experience and a happy and productive workforce. Uh, you also explain your holistic employee experience model, and you're also the CEO, Chief Experience Officer at the HEX organization. You founded the World Employee Experience Institute, WEEI, which is your thought leadership center, to incubate future ideas, insights, and trends on the experience of work. So you can go and check that out at www.worldeeinstitute.com. This topic is gaining in importance as the world evolves and we work to change organisational culture and centre it around the human element more and more, particularly in the post-COVID era. I am fascinated, Ben, as you know, by this topic. We met in this space. Can you tell us about your journey and what inspired you to set up the WEEI? Yeah, sure. It's really interesting in terms of the progression of employee experience because back in 2014, I think I was probably the world speaking about it because it was it was slowly emerging within HR functions and different parts of the business. Mm. So we started working on the employee experience around that time, researching multinational organizations and really looking at the, the elements of the employee experience, which were not only foundational, but were really quite fundamental to employee experience transformation. So what were organizations and companies focused on and why did it matter so much? Mm-hmm. So that that was kind of what got me fascinated with the experience of work from that perspective, yeah. in that we saw some kind of compelling research outcomes that says, look, this is a completely new thing. It's a new approach. It's a new way of developing organizations. And if we can leverage it fully, we're going to create some massive outcomes. And those outcomes are now being improved every day by different organizations and research bodies mm-hmm. uh, in terms of you know, productivity performance, profitability, innovation, but also the human-centered outcomes. So that was really what got my journey started. I started to write about the topic as well, which became very popular quite quickly. Yeah. Well, my first ever article got something like a million views oh, wow. <laughs> uh, across different publications and social media. Right. And it was basically saying, look, what's the future of HR? Because in the employee experience world, HR as it currently existed then is not going to be able to sustain itself. Yeah. So that was coming from the, the premise that employee experience changes everything about the way we develop businesses. Tell me a bit more about the way employee experience changes the role of the HR function in today's organisations. How do you see that changing? It's a real mix. It could be roots and branch in a lot of contexts. So we're, I'm talking to CEOs that are retiring the HR function as it was, <laughs> um, which is really quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, so, I, I often think you know, that it's, it's a revolution, not an evolution for HR. Yeah, yeah. I mean, part of the, one of the principles in my book is evolution, not revolution. Yeah. And I think evolution is great because you can evolve, you can iterate. Mm. You know, it, it kind of comes into this whole design, design thinking and agile mythology. Yeah. But there are some parts of the context that will need some serious disruption mm. and a completely whole-scale different approach. Mm-hmm. And I think increasingly HR is being seen as one of those targets. Mm-hmm. 
So we're talking about evolution plus disruption rather than revolution. Yeah, I mean, well, for, for some organizations, what I, what I said in the book is it's about disruption, but also uh, divergence. Yes. So if you really want to get rich outcomes within your business, you're going to have to take the decisions that your competitors and others are not prepared to. Mm-hmm. So that means ripping up the rule book in terms of the way that you develop your culture, <laughs> uh, but also scary. the way that you, yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely true. Because you see during COVID-19, that the ones that are leaning into the human experience, the ones that are focused on uh, or have been focused on the employee experience are the ones that are doing really well. Yeah. You know, they've adapted quickly. Mm-hmm. They're more mature in their approaches. They're already set up fantastically within the employee experience. Uh, and the ones that haven't, and employee experience maybe has been forced upon them, they're the ones that are getting into trouble. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're the ones that are dealing with difficult consequences from, you know, employee activism and various other things. Mm. So I think if you embrace this approach, you really do need to question at a deeper level what's getting in the way of a great experience and how do we change that? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of organizations talk about employee experience today. And for me, it's in danger of becoming a new buzzword, a little bit like agile or design thinking, where people have their own definitions and it's almost a tick box exercise. How do you see most organizations approaching the subjects of employee experience? How do they go about it? Uh, yeah, again, it, it, it's a mixed bag in terms of where people start from. Mm. Uh, a lot will be starting from uh, employee journey mapping. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the go-to approach. You know, you gather up a bunch of functional heads and then you start mapping moments that matter and, and all the rest of it. This has taken off to a degree because it's a, it's it's something that consultants can easily put a value price on. Yeah. So they can... <laughs> they can really quite box it off and say, this is what employee experience is, and this is what we charge to help you with it. Yeah. So, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's fascinating when you see the way uh, technology yeah. firms pivot. So yeah. to technology firms, employee experience is all about technology. So yeah. it's about this new software. It's about this new IT system. It's about this. No, no it's, it's none of that. It's about human beings. Mm-hmm. It's about creating a close connection between them and your brand and maximizing the potential of all stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're not strong enough in our understanding, ed- education and knowledge and employee experience, you're going to go down some rabbit holes trying to look for the, the utopia that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we've learned um, over the first, last few years in that the ones that really, truly, genuinely get it, they lead it from within and they build an employee experience ecosystem that is strong and is not led by anyone except the brand. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the biggest challenge to driving employee experience today then? If I look at leading it from within, building an ecosystem, that isn't the way most organizations operate today from either a design perspective or a process and um, and people perspective. Yeah, I think that's, that's really hitting on the main challenges really we did some work with the economists last year mm. and the top three challenges uh, three of six or six big ones but the top three were essentially transparency accountability and alignment mm-hmm. now if you don't have these things in order when you're starting your project or your your employee experience movement within the business then it's not going to be good it's not going to be as great as it could be mm. you, you'll get some wins in there but it's not going to be as transformational as, as as it could be if you take it from a holistic perspective. Mm-hmm. So I think those are the big things. You, so you have functions set up sometimes to fail because the, 
they're not sharing, they're not caring about each other's work and objectives, mm. and they're not working well together as a, as a support service. Mm. So I think that's a major uh, key thing. And then at the C-suite level, if there's not enough sponsorship or interest or leadership, you know, it, it's very, very difficult to, mm. to overcome that. And again, sometimes all you need is a bit more education for, for leaders. Uh, sometimes it's a bit more of an uh, incentive drive, so putting in place the right combination of incentives mm. and consequences. Uh, I think that's got to be said as well. Yeah. Not just all, here's a vision, let's offer yeah. some hope to people and kind of walk forward together. It doesn't really happen like that because of human nature. So mm. I think yeah, sure. the right combination of incentives and rewards and punishments and consequences <laughs> in, in dip- diplomatic language mm. is going to be absolutely central to successful approaches. Okay. And tell me a little bit about the HEX, the holistic side of, of employee experience. What makes this model so powerful? Well, it, it's funny. So we have HEX practitioners. Um, so these are people that embrace the holistic employee experience. And we're influencing outcomes for around about a million people now. So a million wow. out, um, outcomes Excellent. around the world. Well done. And it's phenomenal, the power of these people, because they just are absolutely taking a different view of things mm-hmm. so they're looking at the whole rather than just the constituent parts yeah they're looking at how everything connects together and they're looking at deepening outcomes for not just the brand and stakeholders around the brand but in particular the human beings and all those great relationships within the company mm-hmm. so this was the big thing about the holistic employee experience in that you know i could have put a book out back in 2015 on the back of some serious pr <laughs> But I chose not to. I chose to go deeper and start working mm-hmm. within the context and, and really understand what employee experience was and is. Mm-hmm. And we found actually it's not about employees at all. It's about human beings. It's about experience. Yeah, yeah it's right. about humans and experiences. And then that's anchored around something we call the truth, which is your purpose, your mission and your values. Mm-hmm. Now, too often the truth is not true in any sense of the imagination. It's mm-hmm. just not true. People don't really believe in, in their values. They don't live them and they're not experienced on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. So surrounding that truth is the human, so how we co-create with employees. Mm-hmm. It's the leadership, how we build human-centered leaders. It's the technology that actually enables some great experiences to occur. It's the workplace, so the spaces and places where we can do our best work. Uh, it's the structure of the organization, the way we structure our support teams, the way we structure our business model. Mm-hmm. And it's the community you know, to create that really strong sense of belonging, but also that, that community that is walking forward together, connected with a truth that is actually genuinely and authentically lived. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing that you've created a community of HEX practitioners, therefore, to create momentum on the holistic experience. Yeah, so I mentioned, yes. So again, they represent uh, something like a million employees now worldwide, you know, from companies like GSK and Mm. You know, global organizations to mm. universities, uh, not-for-profits, major league baseball teams. So we're all kind of coming together and saying, look, things just don't work in the way they should be. Clearly. And maybe we can do something about it. Mm. And how important is this notion of ecosystems and, and a more collaborative culture in implementing the, exploit, the employee experience successfully? Yeah, I think it's, it's a massive success factor. I think mm. there's no question about that. Mm. Uh, simply because we're, we're to, to think and, and lead in a holistic way, you need to really think differently around the way you structure that support yeah. team around you. Yeah. So it's, it's the quality of people that you bring in to mm-hmm. help lead that work, 
mm-hmm. from diverse range of backgrounds. You know, we have you know psychologists and data scientists, entrepreneurs, design thinkers, we have marketers within employee experience teams. Mm. Uh, so it's not just a traditional HR approach. So therefore, we, we, we can't move forward with a traditional siloed-based approach where you yeah. have these different functions yeah. doing different things and never communicating or connecting our work. It's just that would be intolerable for a CEO. And it, yeah. it causes a lot of pain and resentment within the, the business as well. Mm. What's the biggest challenge then to HR to driving that new approach? How do you see that? Mindset. Them? Mindset, okay. Yeah, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. I believe mindset. you. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and how do they go about changing that mindset? Because, you know... Well, that, that's, that's really easy. They just yeah. come on our programme. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> well, so we run the expectation programme for a reason because a lot of it is about mindset. Mm. And people will come on, sometimes more traditional, sometimes they'll be really excited about humans and experiences, but they, they won't know what to do about it. Mm. That mindset shift is is dramatic, and that's why we, we lean into coaching quite a lot. Right. Because if you, if you develop one of these academies and e-learning portals where you just watch videos and, and various other things that's all great it's good you have to have some some learning things but it's not enough to shift the mindset in a profound way so that's mm. why as part of our program we do coaching which it really helps us work with people and and introduce new information and insights and, and change perspectives in a very mm. very powerful way mm. so i think that's the way we can do it it's a, it's a long-term approach so it's it requires a mixture of content coaching collaboration and challenge as well. Yeah. So, you know, challenging assumptions, challenging pre-existing beliefs, challenging any su- suppositions that we have within us yeah. and saying, what do we need to do in order to affect positive change across the employee experience uh, at a global, local and regional level? Yeah. So you basically talk about sustainable change that that changes the culture and the way people act in that culture. What's the biggest assumption you see or does it depend on organisation? Yeah, again, it depends on, on where you're coming from mm-hmm. and what your experience is, because we are the residual outcome of the experiences we've had in life. Of course, of course. So mm-hmm. that's the lens that we apply to more situations. And if you haven't been exposed to certain experiences, then it's very difficult to comprehend or understand where people are coming from. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you know, empathy is a big part of, of the solution. Mm-hmm. So stepping outside yourself and, and looking at the perspective uh, of others. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating right now in terms of the progression of employee experience and, you know, the assumption that, oh, this is a global thing and you need yeah. lots of cash to do it. Yeah. Or it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's led by one support service, which doesn't make any sense at all. Mm. It's, you know, assumptions around it can't be consistent or you need to standardise an employee experience approach globally. Mm. You know, there's so much, it's multifaceted and it, it is often simply complex, I would say. Yeah, like humans but, are simply complex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, you look in the news today and you look uh, at what's going on in the world and you think, what are we yearning for really at a deeper level? Yeah. And it comes back to, I was reflecting on this this morning, and there's something about like human values that we're yeah. just not getting enough of right now. Mm. You know, yeah. these human values that, we were taught was something positive for the world. Mm. Yet we look outside our windows and it's just, you know, Mm. uh, politically, geopolitically, you know, business-wise, there's a deficit in terms of the things that we want to experience. So organisations in the future 
Yeah. They're going to have to take on a whole different role. Yeah, exactly. And and how instrumental do you think the COVID situation has been in that? Do you think the employee experience landscape looks very different now or is it an unknown for the moment? I think it's evolving. Certainly we've been running our, our research groups and, and other forums around the world. And, mm. you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a real mixture of approaches where some organisations will be, they won't return to anything like what they were before. That's just not going to happen. Mm. Some will go back to something like what they used to be but they'll hold on to some of the practices that they've developed through this crisis. Yeah. So the CEO is going to be instrumental in this. You know, one company is going to be, you know, getting rid of all physical assets, you know, mm. you know, changing the entire business model. Mm. Others will just continue what they're doing because they were already virtual and digital anyway, and it works for them in terms mm. of the business. Uh, others will have to be more sensitive around their essential and frontline workers, you know, how you really connect with them and support them mm. uh, at you know, not just times like this, but also how do you appreciate them when things are running smooth and, and mm. you know, things are relatively back to normal again? Because they've been the, the linchpin of our very societies. Yeah, of course. And I think the remote working, the virtual space is also an experience. Um, yeah, so I think now that that's going to make employee experience maybe look a little bit different. What are your views on that? Yeah, I think it'll look different and it may sometimes feel different, but we're still focused on the same things, whether it's yeah. you're, in a, you're in a building or mm-hmm. at home sat in front of your computer. It's still, okay, it's a Zoom call. Yeah. Okay, right. So you're going to have one manager in that situation who can run a Zoom call as a very you know, distant, unemotional, mechanistic way. And then you could have another manager that runs it in a very human-centered way. Mm-hmm. You know, asking about feelings and how are people doing and, you know, offering appreciation and gratitude and respect. And, you know, those two approaches are are kind of very similar to what's going on within how people adapt to this situation. Because you can go to one webinar, you can go to one firing by Zoom (laughs) or layoff by Zoom. And depending on your approach and philosophy as a business, uh, it's going to be a completely different experience. Clearly. Okay. What do you think the biggest opportunity for organisations today is in terms of the employee experience coming out of this completely unprecedented experience that's been imposed on us, imposed on us all by COVID? I think the big thing is growth. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest opportunity because through crisis, we create somewhat of a togetherness that is, is very hard to manufacture. You know, organisations spend a lot of time trying to manufacture it. But actually, in a crisis, it's, it's absolutely genuine when mm. everyone's pitching in and working well together. So I think the big thing in for the you know, back end of this year and, and early next year is that momentum behind growth because all of the goodwill, t- togetherness, the camaraderie, the team spirit, the yeah. bonds that have been created, that's the potential for employers to latch onto now and, and look to deepen it and shape it even further. Mm. Uh, rather than let this this go to waste because you know we've we've all gone through the same experience yeah but some companies will be leveraging this experience to create a deep relationship with their employees that propel them further and faster into the future whatever the future looks like yeah okay so using the momentum that they've got positively to to grow mm. both the business and and the employees and therefore the experience. Then, yep. what would be your last recommendations for organisations? Any tips for organisations looking to change the way they manage this today? Yeah, I mean, for, for, 
I mean, the big thing is make sure you've got some senior sponsorship behind mm-hmm. you. I think that's the first step. Make sure there's someone locked into this work and it's not just kind of running in isolation from the businesses, essentially. Um, I'd be looking at forming a, a team of thinkers and doers around it as well. So mm-hmm. creating that strategy, mm-hmm. how that strategy connects to the CX and EX, so the customer experience and the employee experience. Yeah. And then looking at the things that we can immediately support people with. You know, we may not be looking at the fancy stuff. You know, now's the time to focus on, you know, safety, security, and creating a very, very compelling, you know, brand purpose and mission if you haven't got one. I think mm-hmm. sometimes with organizations, you need to start at the very beginning. And that's, you know, what do you stand for in the world? And how can we ensure and reinforce that within the employee experience? That's a mm-hmm. big misstep if you forget that step. Whereas, you know, you some, some functions, they just run off and start journey mapping. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's good work to do. And it'll improve certain processes and experiences. Yeah. But if it's not anchored on the truth, then it's not, you're not going to be able to amplify those outcomes in a, in a deeper way. Mm. So that's what I would say. So make sure you've got the right people involved. You know, assemble a talented team of people to start co-creating with the workforce in a, in a very meaningful and powerful way. Mm-hmm. Get the data within that team as quickly as possible. Insights, analytics, whatever's available that kind of summarizes your current return on experience. So, you know, the the actual return for your business, you know, business mm-hmm. results and human results. Mm-hmm. And then start getting to work on the things that are really causing pain or insecurity or fear amongst the workforce. Go after those things first rather than last. You know, okay. sometimes it's, it's not what you think it is. We've had senior HR directors, you know, forecast and do all their plans before they've even spoken to one employee. And that's just not good enough now. Yes, it's almost a checklist activity. Almost, if they're not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, we've, we've created all this. We've got the marketing partner to come and make it look very nice and pretty. Let's take it to employees. Oh, yeah, yeah, I really like this. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's got to work. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> got a map on the wall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So, okay, the right data, the right people, and especially uh, an aligned context on, on the sense of purpose. And I'm hearing going to the pain points first and understanding how people are going through that journey before you try and change. Yeah, because it's the same with the pandemic. I mean, what, yeah. what people were looking for in the... I went on the BBC News to, to kind of advocate for this mm-hmm. very rapid approach, which was we need to see government taking massive action. Yeah. It's not so much as the the action that, that matters. It's just the visible sign that things are, are moving forward and progressing. Mm-hmm. And we saw the benefits of that in places like Singapore and New Zealand. Yeah. But then we've seen the drawbacks of not taking that kind of approach in the US and, and the UK. And it's really quite profound in terms of the difference. We need to take massive action on the things that matter to people. Okay. And we need to be very visible in the way that we do that. Hmm. Otherwise, there's going to be more fear, anxiety, and, and problems with well-being within the workforce. Hmm. And, and funnily enough, as an aside, this is what employee experience organizations who are maybe two to three years into their transformation journey, yeah. this is where they really stood out as a workplace. Right. Because they adapted and were proactive in every single thing they did to protect their employees in the workforce. And they acted before government measures came into play, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. And it lots of organizations. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were saying, look, even before government mandated lockdown and work from home, they were saying, look, we care about you very much. Stay at home. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's the practice of empathy, isn't it? As, as an exactly. Practice. Yeah. Exactly. And it costs nothing in terms of doing that. I mean, there's going to be financial 
implications throughout all of this. But it's just the very fact that these employees stood up and said, look, we care about our workforce so much that we're not waiting on anyone to tell us what to do if it's the right thing to do. Excellent. Let's leave our listeners with with that thought then on, on how to role model empathy <laughs> in a leadership practice, especially as we go into the post-COVID era. Okay, thanks so awesome. much for coming and sharing your thoughts with us, Ben. You can catch up with Ben on his website, the www.worldeeinstitute.com. And if you would like to become a HEX practitioner, please reach out to Ben for more information. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please head over to iTunes and give us your opinion and review. So it's bye from me for now and see you soon for the next episode of Let's Talk.